Welcome back, Culture Lusters. I'm your host, James. I don't insert cool nickname here. Uh, <laughs> this is the podcast where we... Uh, uh, why do we subject ourselves to this every week? We watch a random movie off of Netflix, and then review it, and then we talk about it. Sometimes we get some awesome stuff, like Forrest Gump, and uh, The Last Samurai, and that post-apocalypse movie And Dead right, Silence. And no, not dead silent. Shut up, Chris. Uh, this week we got Saints and Soldiers, The Void. Yeah. Anyway, I'm joined with Chris. We got Chris here tonight. How's it going, everybody? And Terribly our, our sorry resident... that I'm here from the sound of your voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and our resident technical enthusiast slash expert slash hasn't seen aliens, uh, Jones. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> uh, Scott is absent again. Um told him as soon as he starts behaving he can come out of the basement and until then he's stuck so uh as i said before we're doing saints and soldiers the void imdb has a synopsis of the german war machine is in retreat two american m18 tank destroyers they're really specific about that Mm -hmm. are sent to root out a diehard group of nazis holed up in the hars hearts hars h-a-r-z mountains i don't know i don't speak german there's like there was another description too. What would you read it off of, Chris? Was that the Netflix description you had? Uh, the one that I uh, pulled was last week was the Netflix description. Yes. Something about like overcoming racial tensions to succeed in mission, stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely uh, that was definitely a theme or the, a tone. The for Rotten this movie. Tomatoes description's a little bit bigger. Hit it. What do you got? All right. I want to hear it. Germany. May 1945. <laughs> the twilight of WW2. A U.S. tank crew discovers a platoon of Germans, including three infamous Panzer tanks, preparing to ambush Allied supply trucks. Among the predominantly white U.S. tank crew is Sergeant Jesse Owens, an African-American. Though Owens has more experience in the tank destroyers, several in Owens' crew are reluctant to put their faith in a black tank driver when circumstances become dire. With tension and fear beginning to manifest, Owens knows they must put aside their differences to stop the enemy from their deadly plan. Knowing that a victory over the Nazis means a victory over for racial justice, Owens and his men find a way to work together to save hundreds of lives in a desperate battle against the greatest odds they have ever faced. I'm putting dramatic music over that, by the way. Yeah, do it. Oh my god, that'd be awesome. But seriously, what a bullshit description, man. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Oh my god. Can we go straight to the down so I can start ripping this movie apart? <laughs> well, we can't. All right, well, for, no, let's stick to our format, man. Like, let's let's do this right. So, uh, <laughs> if you say so, Dad. Um, <laughs> going into this, I like World War II films. I love World War II. I took World War II classes in high school and even in college and stuff, like specific history classes on World War II, because to me it's such a fascinating period in time. Uh, you want to talk about like dire consequences, and you know it was legit a world war. Like all the great powers that were in- involved were just—it was insane. Like it was generations were literally lost, you know, uh, and it's just a, a crazy period in human history. Yeah, and so I'm ugly. always down to watch a World War II film. But holy shit. I never thought I'd be bored watching a World War II film, man. 
Like, <laughs> but anyway, so I was, I was, I was excited to go into this. I was, uh, I was a little annoyed that it was about tanks. I, I feel like they're trying to ride on Brad Pitt's coattails for Fury, but um, yeah, I was, I was looking forward to it, man. And then, for some reason, the allies just came and chopped me in the throat <laughs> and ruined my movie experience. <laughs> well, Fury came out in 2014. Ah. And this came out in 2013. No, this says 14 on IMDb, bro. August 15, 2014. Okay. Let me see what's Fury's release date. Anyway, Chris, what did you have previewing? October October 15th. Well, when we first got this movie, before Fury did, (laughs) I I was the same way as you were because I really do. I myself enjoy World War II movies. I enjoy. I like war movies that aren't. I guess you could say the cliche flag-waving America-type movies. I like movies that look at war with a bit of a different, more more realistic kind of angle. And a mm. lot of World War II movies tend to follow that procedure, right? You know, um, there's not a whole lot of glorification when it comes to World War II movies, modern World War II movies, because we know what went on. We know the kinds of things that happened. We know how brutal and destructive mentally, physically, and emotional, emotionally to all the people involved in such a massive conflict was. And you're right. You know, generations were lost in these wars. That's how big they really were. Uh, you know, and... So when we got a World War II movie, I didn't care that it wasn't one that I'd already heard of. I didn't care that it was, wasn't was one that didn't have a huge name at the helm like Steven Spielberg. You know, I thought, hey, you know what? Independent movies, yeah, I don't know if this was independent or not, but smaller movies in it general wasn't. can... Okay, well, smaller movies in general can still be good. I don't, it doesn't matter. You don't have to have an all-star cast and a, an Oscar-winning director to make a good movie, especially when you're tackling the subject that's as, you know, big as World War II and the things that, uh, you know, soldiers from all around the globe dealt with during that well, conflict. This, this movie definitely did not have an all-star cast. Or, a new ex- or, or, or even a good cast <laughs> or a cast of actors <laughs> in general. Um which kind of leads me to, I, th- I think I over, I believe I overthought this movie. Mm. And I, I was thinking, I, I had this movie in much higher expectations than basically what amounted to a shitty sci-fi movie version of World War II. Because mm. that's pretty much what this was. Same special effects and everything. You mean sci-fi and like the production quality? The channel. Sci-fi. The channel, yeah. S-Y-F-Y. Like, yeah. Aliens are involved. Sci-fi. Sci-fi. Uh, it might as well have been. Uh, pro- yeah, sci-fi. Sci-fi, yeah. It might as well. You know, if aliens had come down and started shooting Nazis and shit, this movie would have been far more interesting. Cause don't, don't give the shit machine any more ideas now. Damn it. <laughs> Coming out 2018, Nazis versus aliens. Hey man, I'd That's... watch that shit. <laughs> dude, dude, hey, hey, you signing on to write the uh, the write the screenplay? Because I'm yeah, hey, if I can make some money off of it, let's trademark it right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, we did I'm, Inter- I'm, intellectual I'm property right rights. Now. So <laughs> anyway, all right, yeah. Jones, what but, about you, man? What's 
Yeah, my so my two favorite. Uh, I mean, favorite's the wrong word, but my the two most interesting parts of World War Two for me are the Battle of the Bulge and the <laughs> Void. Bulge, you yeah. would, but th- yeah. those two, those two, and after would <laughs> that, and then after seeing Dunkirk, now that was also one of my most favorite parts of history. Mm. Um, but yeah, the vo- I was excited. Like the Void was a very important part. <clears throat> um, it, we had to wrap up the war and we had to make sure we didn't mess anything up. So going into it, I was actually pretty excited. World War II, the image, they were talking about race issues. That was a big deal. Um, there, you know, all this cool stuff. And then you start seeing the actors try to emote and uh, everything falls away within the first couple yeah. of minutes. And then like the opening, the, the credits were like, uh, you know, a full history lesson of the entire World War II. <laughs> like, what the? F- we know that. <laughs> so, uh, all they had to well, do. I was, would, uh, I would argue, there's a lot of people out there that don't know that. Yeah, and, um, and that's fine. But like, this movie is not about the whole war, right? And yeah, all you no, have to no, do is right, explain: absolutely. is okay, the war's over, and now there's this, yeah. there's this void, and that's what we're gonna do the movie about. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, there's a lot of people that don't really pay attention to history, and so that you know they're probably not the most familiar with World War Two, and I'm sure the production crew was like, "Well, what is this even about?" So maybe they felt like they had to throw that in there, or maybe they're just really bad at making movies, or it's a combination. Who knows? Um, yes, I know a doctor that a doctor doctor who didn't know Alaska was connected via land she thought it was an island yep i kid you not yep. um <laughs> ah, anyway i digress so <laughs> yeah let's talk about those credits man um way too long like way too long yeah Holy it was a, it was a history lesson mm-hmm. yeah like way too long and then the dialogue you know you got a black screen because they're in the the tank and the, all the hatches are shut and they're trying to have this dialogue, and I, I got what they're trying to do. They're trying to start out with like a suspenseful, mm-hmm. yet lighthearted take on the war because these guys have been fighting in it for years. And you know, at that point, you just you have banter and you talk about random yeah, and stuff to, and to show camaraderie because when you're in a tank crew, like you're really tight because you've been with each yeah. other for so long. I agree with you. I see what they were trying to do, but go ahead. <laughs> they they executed it horribly. Oh, like it was one. Miserable. The credit scene should have not. It, they should have just started with the tank scene. Yeah. If you really want to draw me into the movie, give me a black screen with some dialogue. And then explain dialogue the void. Dialogue better be fucking good. <laughs> and then explain the void to the people who aren't that. You know, they're they're not history yeah. buffs. Explain that in some sort of dialogue somewhere else. But but yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, they should have started with the tank scene, and it should have been way more suspenseful. Um, it bothered me, and then. <laughs> Just the, it's a kill shot. Uh, dude, you're in a fucking tank. I think anything's a kill shot Every, at this point. Everything's <laughs> like, a kill shot. You get within five meters a giant of your target, round. and it's a kill <laughs> shot. This, yes. <laughs> it's one dude standing in a wooden tower. I would argue that it's a kill shot no matter you're what. Shooting, Even if you miss, the explosion's probably going to kill You're shooting explosive shrapnel. <laughs> you just got to get it close enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, man, the dialogue ate me up in the beginning yeah. there. And, uh, yeah, the credits were way too long. So it didn't even grab me. Like, that's the thing is it just put me off right away. I was already annoyed with the movie. And uh, so that definitely set the tone for me at that point because I was just, 
like I said, annoyed, and I was just waiting to start ripping on this movie. I was and in. It the, did not take long to deliver. I was in the same boat because the last movie or that uh, the the post apocalyptic movie we missed like important expositional right. <laughs> stuff. So I'm like trying to pay attention, and then I I find myself looking at something. I'm like googling something, and then I I miss the entire intro again. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, do you have any, you have anything to add regarding the intro, Jones? No, like I mean your, it your, looked cool. Your, your experience for the first fifteen minutes? It looked like the the intro looked cool. Like the whoever put that together, they had like real footage and yeah, stuff like that. And they did a good job, and it headlines. was in a way that nobody's seen it before. Mm-hmm. And that was okay. But yeah, like you you were talking about the um the opening uh tank scene, that could have been good. It was interesting. You know, it was dark. And then you reveal one face, and then you oh, hey open the hatch, and then you see the guy behind them. Like that was that was pretty cool, but it was yeah. so terribly acted. Everything Missed just takes yeah, absolutely, man. What about you, Chris? What'd you think about that? The first fifteen minutes of this movie. Well, as I said, I was really just like you know you, you know James. I was really excited for this movie. Loves me some World War Two. I was. At probably about a seven on the excitement scale when this movie started, and within about the first five minutes, I was probably at a. I wonder what my dog is doing in the other room. Yep. On the scale. <laughs> yep. Um. Uh. From the very beginning, this movie just failed to engage. I wasn't drawn into the characters. I wasn't drawn into the scenario. I wasn't drawn into the setup. None of it. Nothing about this movie, even from the very beginning, drew me in and made me go, I care about what's going to happen a half hour down the road. Yeah. And that's what movies like Saving Private Ryan did. Even though they only gave you snapshots of certain characters, you still cared about what those characters were going to be doing a half hour from now. Uh, From the get-go, this movie lost me. And I absolutely wanted to wander off and do something more interesting like (laughs) clean my toilet or (laughs) scrub my, you know, shower curtain. Yeah, man, I feel you. Like I said, the... It just put me off from the beginning, and I was just annoyed. And I didn't want to be, because it's World War Two, man. It's like right. one of the coolest parts of our history, and it's just, ah, you made me hate it for an hour and a half. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, there's got to be something that we can take out of this that's uh, good. That had some positives. Um, I definitely want to give the crew a nod in terms of hey, at least they had tanks, mm-hmm. and they weren't fucking CG tanks, you know? There, like, there I, I were CG that. tanks, though. There were. There, there were, but not all of them. Uh, you know, the the uniforms looked all right, and, like, they, I, I believed they were, they were in Germany, you know? So, the locations were pretty good, and I thought that they set up, like, the physical scene pretty well. The music was just your generic, so I don't really want to <laughs> no, there, there was nothing exceptional about the the music. 
No, it was in this, in this movie. It's like they ripped it off of the second Call of Duty game. Yeah. It was just like. there, <laughs> and that's all. That's yeah. the best thing you can say about it is the the music was there. Mm. But yes, yeah, so, I mean, so I, I I appreciated their attempt for the authenticity. Like I said, physically wise, like they set the scene. Like I I thought I was in Germany. I dug the tanks. The uniforms are pretty good. Um, let's see here. <laughs> I'm having to dig. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even really write anything down in terms of positives because, like, I couldn't really think of anything. I do agree with you that I like the way they did the the opening with the you know opening one hatch, reveal the face. You know, yeah, it was an interesting was shot. A, yeah, it was cool, and um, that's yeah, that's about it, man. That's all I got, really. I I can't even think of like my favorite scene. Mm. Yeah, it's not time. memorable. It's really not. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's it's I, a, a, a Chris, very you got bland anything? movie. Uh, for go for pros for yeah, for like, ups get, and all that. Yeah, what do you got, man? Um, you know, I'll have to mirror what you said. Is I think they did at least attempt to show the sort of I guess you could say good old boys kind of environment that was a lot of the soldiers that were in in World War II is in it was pretty much like very relaxed, very laid back in terms of the sense of we've been in this, you know, crap for yeah. months and months and months. We're not going to do everything exactly by the book anymore. We're we're far beyond that point. Uh, and I, I kind of liked a little a little of the banter uh, about a quarter of the way through when they started going, when it was the tank crews. Because the, there was two tanks that were actually uh, the main focal point of the, the movie. And yeah, I actually... Hellcat 1 and Hellcat 2. Right? Yeah, it, well, it was the... <laughs> because there are like, no other Hellcats in the field. Yeah. No, it was like what the the Avenging Angel, and then there was another one. I actually don't remember what it was called because that was the you know the red shirt. uh, Yeah, they never gave it a call sign. Yeah, because again, red shirt. Hellcat two. That was the that was that was the tank that we knew was going to blow up. Spoiler alert, because it didn't really have a name. But but I did like some of the banter. I did like some of the dialogue early on between uh, some of the the members of the tank crew. I didn't at all. I kind of did because I, not because it was so great because it was so poignant, but mostly because it was because it's because I under I got what the filmmakers were trying to do. They were trying to establish the the chemistry and all that and. Eh, you know, I don't think the actors had great chemistry, but I appreciate the attempt to. You're being really outline nice. outline the camaraderie <laughs> that they had. You know, they tried. They tried. I yeah. I really feel that underneath this movie was a lot of heart and a lot of real good intentions. Well, see, I wonder what they did for the actors in terms of because a lot of times directors to get that feel because they know like if I'm gonna shoot. Uh, a, you know, a fire squad or a tank crew, like, I want these guys to have real chemistry, so I'm gonna make them spend weeks together, you mm-hmm. know, like with Saving Private Ryan, they went through, like, that boot camp thing, and, you know, Saving learned Private how to Ryan be... Saving Private Ryan had a lot of money into that movie. This exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I'm not denying that. And just, you know, with Fury, they made those guys spend, like, 
Mm-hmm. I don't even remember how many days it was together. And everyone hated Shia LaBeouf by the end. Like, because yeah, he kept <laughs> making wounds and like he was weird. Yeah, he was trying to do the whole method acting a la Daniel Day Lewis thing. But, um, you know, I saw, I wonder if they even tried anything like that with uh, this crew. And yeah, you know, you brought up that Saving Private Ryan had a ton of money behind it. But um, also, if we're all actors on a movie, what's to stop us from hanging out with each other afterwards? That's a good point. Building, yeah. Like a real friendship, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, I mean, I can do that for free. I don't have to be paid 24-7. If I'm going to be working with you, I might as well get to know you. Well, you know? And if you want to um, try and, you know, branch out from these low-budget films. Exactly. You might want to put a little work into it. Might want to up your performance there, Sarge. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, I, don't, I don't know. That was just something I was wondering. What do you got, Jones? Anything positive? Maybe from, like, a technical standpoint? Yeah, I had some... I had a couple things that I did, like, um, from... On the surface, this movie was actually written okay, because they they would set something up and then it would pay off later. Um, the setups annoyed me though, honestly. They were I bad. They, they were, were hamfisted. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I'm trying to find positives in this, so bear with me here. So <laughs> my bad. <laughs> so Ramrod. The entire time I wanted to call him Car Ramrod. Uh, so so Car King Ramrod. Yeah. Yeah. Car Ramrod from yeah. Ramathorn. See, now you've just made me think of a better movie that I want to go watch right now. Right. <laughs> okay, so we're watching Super Troopers next week. No, I'm just kidding. So, Ramrod, yeah. <laughs> first of all, he was one of the only characters, or the, one of the only actors that um, acted. Um, but his character did this thing where he, like, would steal shit from the enemy and like bring it back home hopefully he can bring it back home and they, mm-hmm. they talked about it so he stole like i think it was mp40 yeah it was like a grease gun or something yeah and he stole that and then later on in the movie he gave that to um L- lieutenant he- uh goss lieutenant goss lieutenant lieutenant depending on what country you're from um and i'm not gonna go through all the setups and payoffs but they right. did they did do that um you're right. That one was good though, because I honestly forgot that he even had that gun. Yeah. Until he pulled it out the second time, and I was like, "Oh yeah." And isn't that like against the LOAC? Like you can't pick up an enemy gun. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, but how many people smuggled Nazi paraphernalia oh, yeah. back? I mean, yeah, no. And the, have, the like, thing is, is they were still they were still on the front, so he could have picked it up. Whether, as it was mentioned, actually in the movie, whether or not he was going to be able to take it home or not is completely different. He still yeah. had it. And right. And, and they the said time, that, too. People that. took stuff all the time. Yeah. A lot of Nazi stuff came back to the States. But yeah, like yeah, they also yeah, mentioned yeah. in the movie, good luck getting that, you know, through customs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they did bring it up. But um. I just, I mean, like, uh, like I said, a couple of the setups, they paid off in the end. I'll give them credit for that. The, the slit in the, the ground, it was stupid, but they set it up and they paid it off later on. That was okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, stupid. compared to what we've seen before, <laughs> I'll give them credit. This is a movie, at least. Like, it was a bad movie, but it was a mm-hmm. movie. And uh, it wasn't no $1,400 Kickstarter. <laughs> that's right. And then uh, the, the backstories, like when he would. Um, was it Captain Owens? He would tell his stories, you know, whatever. They did this really cool transition where they would like pass over something, and then it would look like uh, the backs, the 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 whatever he was telling the story about 
was like in the same area. It was just a, a well done transition, but that's, I mean, that's yeah. it. This movie sucked and like, I'm really struggling to find something good for it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just the way it is. So, um, let's just jump in. Man. Let's do let's, it. Let's hit these downs. I don't want to, I don't want to like monopolize. I say we should just do like a round table kind of thing just, and bring things up bring as, it out. as we go. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we each sure. get one and we'll go in turn. Well, <laughs> Let's not set rules now. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so this the whole, the movie's titled The Void, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it was a it was a couple of meanings to it, right? In terms of there's a void between you know like the races and culture and you know there's a void in humanity there i guess you could say so i i kind of got that and then the void of the end of the war you know the war's ending but we got to wrap things up kind of stuff mm-hmm. and then also the void in terms of well hitler's dead berlin's been captured but there's still these nazis that are like bitter and holding on to things and they have all this stuff to work with and they just focus on like a road and some woods and a freaking mill like I didn't really get the sense that there was a void there, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was just really annoyed that they didn't expand on the freaking title of the freaking movie. Like, it bothered me so much. This could have been so much more, and they just, they made it so small scope. Yep. You know? Well, they don't have the money, but... Yeah, yeah that's true. I just, uh, it bothered me. Yeah. Alright, that's that's my one. <laughs> who's who's Alright, so... The tanks looked like plastic. They were <laughs> they were, well, they were real historic, tanks, man. They're very well kept and clean. When you when you look, I, like I yeah, always watch the credits for these yeah. things. Uh, I don't know because I was never I've I was never part of an armor unit, and I was never in World War Two. But I would think that a tank that's been rolling around the European front for months and months and months would not look like it just rolled off the goddamn assembly line. I I or agree with you. I and agree with you. These things look like they rolled off the goddamn assembly line. I agree with you, but the is- here's here's the issue with that though, and maybe you're right though because we're watching a movie. We're not. We don't have to think about these things. But don't argue when you, with me, boy. When you look at when you look at the credits, you see everybody that contributed their tanks. Like these are all personally owned tanks, and like one of them was a museum, but a lot of yeah. them were just no, collectors. Cool. That cool. and 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 you got to think about it like no, you don't no, want no, them to fuck up your tank. No, no you're right. That. No, you're right. We're but watching a movie. We shouldn't have exactly. to think about that. I agree with you. I don't. I don't give a damn where they got the damn tanks from, man. No, I, make them look like they weren't shitty. No, no, I, I'm not knocking you. I'm saying I understand. No, completely. I agree. And I actually with you. figured that. Like actually, while watching this movie, my mind drifted to these are real tanks. Like legit, real ass tanks are using. Where did they get them? Oh, they're probably collectors, or maybe they got them from a museum. Like, to mirror what you just said, I literally was thinking that. And then, like, ten minutes later, I was like, these tanks look too pristine. And it took me out of the movie. Yeah, that's fair. Who collects tanks? How do you even store that? I would collect a tank if I had the money. Have you ever been to an air show? No, I haven't, actually. So we got one coming up in Mm. September, but... Yeah, I'm not gonna go. <laughs> I don't have a choice. I have to fucking work it. But uh, they have like collectors, and they they bring up all their like 
Kubel wagons and like all these historic vehicles and they just show them off. See, I'm, I'm appreciative that there are collectors out there that will maintain. Yeah, these and they restore it and they keep it's it. Just, yeah, it's yeah, it's just kind of odd to me because I'm just thinking from like a like a logistical standpoint, like <laughs> where do you keep your World War II tank? <laughs> <laughs> or sorry, your tank uh, destroyer. They're in, real specific about that. It's in the back. Yeah. Well, what do you got, also, Jones? What's, I also what's, got an eighty-one Dotson bro? back there too. Or, I mean, you're, you're, you're negative. Anyway, I mean. Where do I begin? Like, <laughs> let's see. Um, <laughs> they're all right. They're tank operate or they're uh, you know a tank crew, so they're not like as skilled at combat as other people. They're not trained as heavily. Yeah, they're not infantry. Right, but right. That lieutenant, <laughs> they're clearing a room, and that lieutenant just walks in there without even a weapon in his hand, and he's like mm. clearing rooms. Um, that part bothered me. Anytime there were they were like taking cover behind something, it was like a thin wall, and none of the bullets went through it. Um, those kind of things bothered me. But or like on the uh, yeah, what's up? Go ahead. I was gonna say like during um, Sergeant Owens, Jesse Owens' uh, flashback to his crew getting yeah, wiped behind out behind the snow. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "I'm gonna lay down covering fire, and you run." But like. It's a freaking machine gun nest, dude. <laughs> don't run straight back from where you came from. You're probably going to run, want to run, like, at an angle. <laughs> yeah, just and don't be on that Probably path. behind the covering fire, yeah. you know? They're not going to want to shoot at where... Yeah, but... They're not going to stop shooting because one person shooting an M14. Yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> but they're tank operators. I'll, I'll give that yeah. one a pass. But the other... the one. I, mean, I don't know. There's just so many little things, like... This movie, was and, and the Sergeant Owens, everybody's probably going to say this, but Sergeant Owens was a terrible, terrible s- sergeant. Like, mm-hmm. he, yeah, he, he was straight up, dude. He was I, a bad leader. I, in he a way, was a bad manager. What's up, man? Yeah, I was going to say, in a way, I'm actually kind of glad that Scott isn't here. Because he's, he's the infantry guy. He's the tactical guy of all of us. He right? was a squad leader, exactly. Yeah, in a he war was a squad leader, and he was a he was a platoon sergeant. He's he's been in all that. He knows all this. Yeah. He would probably have a coronary if he watched this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this like, guy, no shit. He he would he would have a heart attack. He would be so angry. He'd have yeah. an embolism that would like so, burst in his head or some crap like that. Sergeant so, Owens is supposed to be health, the best. For for his health, I'm glad he's not here right now. Yeah, Sergeant Owens was supposed to be so good at what he did, and then like, he his guys are just sitting around a fire drinking, and he doesn't get. He's like, "Yeah, I'll have a drink with you." Like, what the? <laughs> like, no. Yeah. And then like the I think he was a captain. This captain comes in and just like says the right thing, gets everybody. I mean, he was racist and intentionally got them killed and all that stuff. But but yeah, it's like. See, I don't agree with. So I understand the racist part. I I get that there was that part, but I don't think he intentionally got them killed. Well, he I didn't. Think that was just terrible, terrible patrol tactics. Yeah. Well, and yeah. The sergeant's like, oh no, it was the captain's fault. He sent us on a suicide mission. I think you're no, sorry, too dude. Much you guys walked in a movie. straight line, loud, and you told him to run. I'll cover with you. His, <laughs> yeah, with, with like zero spacing between you guys, and it was literally in the middle of World War Two. Uh, you heard yeah. the captain; he came in and he stamped out the fire, and he's like, "Do you want the Germans to be honest? If you're in that situation to where, oh, uh, if you make a fire, and even Sergeant Owens even mentioned it, 
Like, hey, he, he you said shouldn't. It. You shouldn't have this fire up because it gives away our position. If you're in that kind of environment, it is not the time to chill and kick back and have a drink with your squad. Right. Yeah. It's just no, not. not. Especially yeah. when you're a bunch of tankers. And and they had no equipment. They had no like socks or jackets and all that kind of stuff. So like right. you're in survival mode. So why are you just like shooting the shit? <laughs> at the yeah. you know all you have to do is survive and this war is over and you, you're gonna make it home but you light a fire and tell everybody where you're yeah. at and, and you're and drunk so you can't captain, operate the tank the captain wanted that team to go up this ridge and back down within an hour because he said i expect you to report back to me within an hour well he was punishing so him he was being a dick no no but the point is is he it's not like he was sending them you know 10 miles away he was sending them just up the way a little bit. And they met enemy contact. That's how close enemy contact was. That's how yeah. close they were to getting their ass blown off. And they're just kicking back on. Yeah, we're not going to make it out. So let's just drink. Um, no. Yeah. And that's, no? that's a reflection on his leadership, too, is the fact that his squad's even in that mindset. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, yeah, I had an issue with that whole scene because... I felt that really Owens was at fault for that whole thing, and, and from, from a tactical standpoint, from, yeah, from, from the beginning, every level from of a leadership it. standpoint, yeah, like they just made terrible decisions across mm-hmm. the board, and then he goes and blames it on somebody else, yeah. which I had a huge issue with. Mm-hmm. And like, then so that kind of spurs on my next point is like they tried to pepper in, I I, I called it like bouts of humanity, right? So he wanted them to have the fire because he was empathizing with the fact that it is cold or actually I should say sympathizing because he was experiencing as well you know it is cold and yeah five more minutes and he was trying to like Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. soften up a bit and they they kept doing that throughout this movie like helping the um the Germans with their car that was broke down (sighs) you know they play this soft music and they're like trying to show like a lighter side yeah, of the war. Humanity, then, like we can have humanity yeah. in, in the midst of all this. Yeah, and I just like no, this is so unnecessary. the The car scene was okay until the dude did the look back. As a future director, Jones, please don't ever put a fucking look back in your movie. <laughs> I hate it so much. Like, as a future director, put <sighs> me in your movie. Mm, I don't know, <laughs> just man. Throwing that, just throwing that out there. And they lingered on it, too. He, like, turns, looks back, gets this smile on his face, and sits there for, like, three seconds, all creepy-like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just, like, oh, I'm going to give this chocolate to this little kid. It, uh, you know what started me hating lookbacks? Have you guys seen G.I. Jane? No, I haven't. Oh, man. So, at the very end, well, I don't want to spoil it for you. Ah, fuck it. If you haven't seen it now, it. it's too late. It's a really good movie. Well... I shouldn't say really good movie. It's a cool movie. Anyway, uh, Viggo Mortensen, right, is like the commander for... They're not SEALs. They call themselves like... I don't even remember what they call them. Anyway, he does this fucking look back at the end of the movie, but it's so dramatic and just over, overly acted that it just made me hate look backs from then on. And it's like the final shot of the film. Like, they literally freeze frame it and then the credits <laughs> start rolling. And I'm just like, why... Yeah, so don't ever do lookbacks. That scene was terrible. And they kept just trying to pepper in humanity. And it just... 
Well, it's not There's that they. There's a way to do it. Yeah, it's not that they they tried to show that people were you know humans and and they they were reasonable people. That's not the yeah. issue that I have. It's their delivery, and mm-hmm. and it goes along the lines with the the whole racism undertone. Like this movie, mm-hmm. I thought was gonna be about you know racism and how to be you know like a black soldier in World War Two and how it sucked and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But like they didn't make Sergeant Owen seem like this this great you know soldier this great leader and stuff and and they the, he was going to give him like what would, what do you say like the medal of or the the silver, s- star. The silver star yeah you don't tell somebody you're putting him in for a silver right. star well, 5 minutes there's a after lot, the operation ended there's a lot that you don't <laughs> tell people well yeah I'll get more so like but yeah uh for a hellcat commander like this great hellcat commander they killed eight tanks and all this kind of stuff he never really did anything throughout the movie other than the He never got in the tank. He never once got in the tank, and he never once made a call that affected. Yeah. Like, the whole, <laughs> like that the whole, bothered me so like, much. Are you kidding me? Show <laughs> it. Like, you tactical keep, tank genius. You keep you just talking it about it. Show it. The damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was dumb. Yeah. That bothered me a lot, too, man. <laughs> oh, man. It was... Uh, God, it was so bad. It was bad. What's the director's name? I'm going to write him a strongly worded email. <laughs> Ryan Little, you mother trucker. It, Ryan Little wrote and directed this and the first two of this series. So it is all a part of one series. It's not one of those instances where they just borrowed the name. The Saints yeah. and Soldiers. Yeah. Look at his dumb face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at your dumb face. Chris, you got anything, man? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. I don't want to stay. Yeah, throw it out there. I want to hear it. For what? Bad down for yeah. for negatives, negatives, man. I'm just surprised that we. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, I thought we'd been on this topic since we started. What well, I mean, talking yeah, about we've the movie. Trying to be I, nice. I know, I know, I got yeah, you. Yeah, like <laughs> it's your turn, bro. Add, add to um, the conversation. The CGI I thought was terrible. Mm-hmm. There were certain scenes where, you know, the damage that the tanks should have sustained, or the, the damage that the tanks had sustained within the story should have been impactful. Like, the focal point of the action of this movie is the tanks. So, if a tank is damaged, it should be big. It should really hit you. Like, oh man, the Avenging Angel is damaged, It's it's limping, it's... You know, the turret, when the turret gets damaged and it can't move the turret, it has to retreat. That should be a big, like, oh, man, that sucks. What's going to happen, you know? And given that it was just this really crappy, like, Sharknado-looking CGI flames and smoke, it just And, like, the damage on the side was, like, a picture that they just, like, plastered on the side. It wasn't even, like, (laughs) they didn't even try to integrate They didn't even try... It was just photoshopped on the side. Yeah. Someone just hit control, you know, C and control V. And it was yep. just like, yeah, let's just cut and paste this shit on there and call it good. Uh, that really took me out. The The fact that this movie had incredibly little action. Right, for a Compared tank to how much dialogue it had. It was bad action, too. Was another thing. Yeah. Even the action you got wasn't very good. But you had to sit through all of this character development. And, you know, I really don't mean to hijack something. I'm sorry, 
you know, Jones, but no, you know, you, 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 you waited too long to do it. But hey, guys. Hey, everyone. Did you know that the United States was kind of racist in the 40s? Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't, this movie will shove it down your throat. And again, yep. you know, and, and to, to, you know, put as sort of an asterisk as a, as a caveat to that. I'm not trivializing that fact. I'm not downplaying it or anything. That's not my intent. I understand that it was a thing. And, you know, now in 2017, as someone who didn't grow up in that era, I can't understand it. I can't comprehend it. It seems just absolutely, you know, gratuitous and, and, you know, horrible that, you know, people of another race were looked down on, even though they were held to the exact same military standards as everybody else. But social commentary aside, as a movie, as a storytelling implement, they kind of shoved that down your throat and did mm. absolutely nothing with it. It's not just that they shoved it down your throat. The actors did not do a good job of... Uh, it, it felt like the actors yeah. were like uncomfortable I think even being they racist. were kind of looking at the script, kind of going, this is kind of dumb. Yeah. But, but I'm really getting paid, so racist, I'm going to say it. It was, it was really only one guy yeah. the whole time. Well, there like, were two. In the cruise. They were talking to. They were both in the same tank. There were two guys, but yeah, I agree. Nobody else was race. Everybody else was like defending uh, Sergeant yeah. Owens the whole time. Like Ramrod was totally like, "Hey, man, he's he's a tank guy. Let let let's do this." And then the the English guy was like, "Well, that's just weird." And he knew all like Jesse Owens' history and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And this, like, he was blown away that they were treated that way, and then. The other tank crew didn't even seem to care like one bit. They're just like, "Yeah, let's go. Like, we got a mission to do." You know? Yeah. But like, ugh. Sims man, was that his name? Freaking Sims. Yep. Yeah. That guy was a douchebag. And I gotta say, you know what, Sims? I want to have a word with you. You have, <laughs> you have a Browning automatic rifle. You have one of the strongest weaponry during that era, and you come across a room with four Germans that are staring at a map. And he and missed. <laughs> run across the doorway and go bap, 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 and miss every shot, dude. Well, you just walk hey, up on, on that bitch on, and just on. put your finger on the trigger and let that baby out. go to work. No, in, in all fairness, in all fairness, he's used to hanging out fair. in jacuzzis with scantily clad babes on Beverly Hills 90210. Okay, he's not used to war. War All is not his thing, do, okay? Man, was a button Come on now. around that corner and just let that thing yeah. open up and he would have cut all those Yeah, yeah but this was a instantly. guy that was in this was a guy that was in a movie with fucking Zaf Efron, okay? Oh, oh, it's, it's, you can't it's you can't expect I I know. I'm obviously no, I'm a character. Of, I see what you're, but I'm but just saying I'm just saying it's obvious they took a soap opera actor which they did actually. He is known mostly for his soap opera work, and put him yeah. into this allegedly gritty World War II movie, and it showed. It's not the actor's, it's not the actor's fault, though. It's the writing. Well, no, yeah, I think it's the actor's fault well, because I just don't see him pulling shots. that off. Well, yeah, no, well, like, the shooting, yeah, I get that. Is but and my I was just with the character, not no, the actor. So no. you're going on a tangent for no reason. My I am going. Is, no, there is a reason because I absolutely hated the actor in that role because I didn't think that he could handle it. Well, then your tangent's not related. It's my, my no, it's it, it's not. It isn't. It isn't. <laughs> I just wanted to point out that I had researched and noticed that this guy was in Seventeen Again with Zac Efron and Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Aren't I special? But yeah, like. 
That that freaking character was terrible at oh, combat. And you have a Browning automatic rifle, dude. Like you you could have cut down a whole squad if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And you freaking do a little pony dash across the yeah. doorway and miss. And that goes into my my point from earlier. Yeah, they're tank operators and they didn't receive the same kind of training as infantrymen, but he right. knows how to fire that weapon. Mm-hmm. And he knows what that weapon can do. And he runs past the doorway and just sprays randomly. Like, come on, man. Yeah, man. The gunfighting in this movie was so bad. Like, so, so bad. So bad. It bothered me so much. So much. All right, so my all-time least favorite scene out of this whole trash bucket of a movie was the... It's a, it's a two-parter, but they go together. It's a setup and the payoff. The Russian roulette scene in the woods yep. partnered with the hostage thing at the end uh so yeah russian roulette scene right lieutenant gets caught trying to escape the german dude with a terrible accent and the really really girly oh, voice God, they were awful the <laughs> german all, the, all like, the german accents in this movie were terrible. yeah i mean i don't speak german so it's hard for me to really weigh in on it but it sounded phony to me uh so he does this like Oh, look at me. I'm, I'm torturous and ominous. And I'm going to make you guys play Russian roulette. <laughs> yeah, it's like he was missing a mustache yeah. and twirling it around. And so, like, it was just so... The dialogue was terrible. It was poorly acted. And the scene, once again, I understand what they were trying to do, but the execution was missing hard. So that bothered me. But then the payoff. You have the lieutenant stalking this guy. And it's kind of cool that he, like, pops back up from his past, right? So he's stalking this guy through the woods. And what does he do? he took out an entire tank, too. That was pretty badass. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I I agree. And what does he do? He runs up and takes one of the German soldiers hostage. Uh, no. What? No. (laughs) What you do is you walk up and you blast as many of those guys in the back of the head as you can. And whenever the third one turns around because he figures out you just blaze his two buddies, you execute him as well. Like... That's that's what you do in that situation. You don't yeah, run up that's what, and grab a guy and hold him at gunpoint and try and bargain with the psycho Nazi killer. Like that doesn't work. <laughs> and that's why I brought up the tank thing because he didn't even hesitate. He just jumps on top of the tank and sprays into the tank, and then everybody's dead. Like yeah. that's what he should have done with. Yeah, I I. Agree and I did that. like that the that the that the Nazi guy stayed true to character and shot his own soldier to gain the advantage. But then yeah. the other two guys surrender out of nowhere? Like, what? They didn't have to. Why would they surrender? Because apparently they didn't agree. They can go home. Yeah. I know, but they they can go home. Yeah, now they're They don't have POWs. to agree with him. <laughs> yeah, now they're going to be... They are Nazi POWs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's that... Uh, by far, that was my least favorite scene in this whole movie. It, it just... Uh, it bothered me so much. There was this part where, you know, the master plan at the end where he's got this bucket and he's going to put like this coat in the bucket and burn it <laughs> which is not a terrible idea yeah but the issue is um so and i remember watching it so he he puts this bucket on the edge and he burns it and you start seeing white smoke and i'm like okay so nobody's going to think that white smoke is going to mean anything so it's got to be black oh they changed it to black smoke so like they didn't even <laughs> In, the, in within the same scene, like they just they use real smoke in one scene, and the next scene it's like CG black smoke. Mm. I don't know. It's like they didn't even put any attention into this stuff. And and they had I I always I always like to look at the credits, but they had 
they had an, an American military advisor, they had a German military mm-hmm. advisor, and they had a history advisor, like a, a an mm. like a world history advisor, and they like got an all this stuff. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and I was thinking like they don't have a military advisor because the the when they're on the radio they're saying words like repeat. You don't say repeat unless you're artillery. Uh, and you don't say your name. You don't say names. He said, so-and-so died. You don't say that over the radio, but if they had a military advisor, he would have stopped that. But they did have, they had two. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah I, so I'm, I'm doing a little bit of uh, research now as we, as we speak. And apparently somebody, they had to be one of the crew. They said that they liked this movie more than Fury. Fury? Okay. What? Okay. And I don't know if we talked about it on now or if it, if it was before, but Fury came out October seventeenth, uh, like twenty fourteen. Yeah, and this came out yeah. August fifteenth, twenty fourteen. And this came out right before what movie? Yeah, I've actually never heard of that movie. You've never heard Fury? of Fury with Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf and no, the, the other dude that played Shane from The Walking Dead. He's the new Punisher. No, mm, it's a good out, one. Man. It's worth your time. It's definitely worth your time. Way better version of this. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, because that's kind of one thing that I pulled off of this, was this movie made me want to watch a good World War II movie. Like, as soon as we're done recording here, I'm going to watch Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Because tanks... Clean, cleanse your palate. Because tanks are in, like, five minutes of that movie, and they're mm-hmm. still more impactful than they are after... How long was this movie? Six hours? <laughs> hour and thirty-seven like minutes. It, I think it was an hour and a half. <laughs> no, no way. Yeah, really? Because I but literally watching... felt the years coming off of my life as I watched this horrible train wreck gonna... abomination of a movie. If you're gonna watch a tank movie, watch Fury. Okay. Yeah, for sure. No, no, definitely. no, definitely. It's, it's on. Good, it's man. on the list now. Um, yeah, man. Any other negatives, boys? <laughs> I mean, or should I, should I say any more pertinent negatives? Because we could probably yeah. rip it apart all day. Oh, just how cringy! Like, it was like they were going for racism. They were trying to be cringy, but like it was unintended to be cringy. Yeah. Like, we it was like we were uncomfortable at the actor's portrayal of it, not necessarily that they were yeah. being racist. And yeah, that's exactly. what they wanted you to feel, but it was just so like, uh, he did that so badly, and now I'm out of this movie. It seems like they were tackling a subject that was far above the talent yeah. of the actors. Or the writers. <laughs> because if you want to get into, if you want to tackle racism during World War II... And you have a cast of, say, Tom Hanks, you know, Tom Sizemore, Giovanni Ribisi, yeah, mm-hmm. those guys, and you're tackling something that big. Okay, okay, I can see it working. Uh, but when you got when your star power is some dude that was in the reboot, like the 2000s era reboot of Beverly Hills 90210. You may want to rethink the moral subject of your screenplay. Because it's just going to come off terrible. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. And um, it seemed overly done, like so over dramatic. Like, oh my god, dude! It was like every time Owens, Sergeant Owens, was gonna get into his big long stories, I was just like, oh my god, here we go, flashback. Ah, yeah. Well, my daddy's dead, and he, he was not. Cotton picker. He was a soldier, and he ripped dipped and I'm just like the whole movie, the story, the plot, everything just stops. So this one character can go on this big monologue. Well, that if they were will, really racist, play... no other character would give a crap about. I would play devil's advocate because in movies and writing movies, that's called like cinema time or movie time. And it because sucks. There's, yeah, it sucks, but it, it's a thing that happens. No, and no, I get that. It, yeah. time, time runs differently right, in movies. Right, right. But. No, and, th- and that's fine. Uh, no, I understand that if it's executed properly. Mm-hmm. But this had yeah. C to D level actors at best tackling an incredibly potent important and major issue in American history, which let's be honest, you know, racism in the United States, especially with the added sprinkling of war. Uh, you know, we all understand the Vietnam war and the draft and all that crap. When you have such a huge issue in front of you, and then you're going to tackle it with these D-grade actors? Yeah, you know what? I don't give a crap. I keep lowering their grade. <laughs> I, I, God, man, I so wanted to do other things. Like, I was so yeah. tempted to... Yep. Like, I'm, I, I'm seriously, like, I want to watch Saving Private Ryan. Because I'm like, all this movie did was make me want to watch better World War II movies. It's the best advertisement for Saving Private Ryan I have <laughs> ever seen in my life. It was just too predictable. Like yeah. I knew where the story was. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, yeah, I, I used to be, I used to be a tank commander. Now I'm driving trucks. I'm like, yeah, he's gonna save the day. He's gonna be the hero at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, you know, the guy was like super racist. I'm like, well, we're gonna have something that's gonna make him change his mind. Yep. And then they didn't name the tank. Well, that tank's gonna get blown up. You know, like, and it's just, it was way too predictable. I knew it was gonna go, and I was bored. I, I did multiple time oh, checks man. to see how long. I even paused it at one point and like stepped away and went and hung out with my wife for like a few minutes and then I played with my corgi and then I came back and like resumed right, it. Right. It was just it was see, see I did that and I didn't pause it. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't miss anything. <laughs> I came so back I, and we were right where I had left. There is one thing that I kind of forgot to bring up in the positives and it kind of comes back to like I just was talking about like the racist guy having the uh, the moment slash conversation that kind of started to change his opinion and that was when owens was talking about his father Mm -hmm. uh so for the few of you that don't know this or there might even be more than a few he talks about and thankfully the video game battlefield one kind of brought light to it he says that his father is in one of the most decorated units in world war one i don't know if you guys know this but there was a a unit called the harlem hellfighters it was an all african-american group and they never lost a battle and they never lost a single foot of ground during World War One, which was insane, and they were extremely decorated, and they did come under subject of a lot of racial issues when they came back from the war, and it was just really sad to see that, considering what they accomplished during the war. It's just like right, with the right. the Japanese unit in World War Two, you know, they were also highly decorated, 
and they received a lot of uh, racial flack and stuff. Um, they're supposed to be making a movie about the Harlem Hellfighters. There's actually a graphic novel called The Harlem Hellfighters that was written by um, Max Brooks, who's the son of Mel Brooks. He made uh, World War Z, The Zombie Survival Guide. He wrote those books. I got to meet him. Oh, the books. Yeah, okay. yeah, he wrote the books. He actually wrote the screenplay for World War Z and then got fired. Yeah, and then they, yeah they rewrote it. Yeah, and then they rewrote it, and it was crap. Although don't, Brad Pitt was in it, so I was somewhat of a fan. Don't on that movie. But uh, so I, I actually got to meet um, Max Brooks, and I was talking to him about oh, wow. the Harlem Hellfighters and stuff. I actually have a signed copy of it. And he was saying that Will Smith actually was extremely interested in paid him to write a script for it so hopefully there's gonna be a movie coming out sometime soon um i hope they do a good job with it because if you haven't read about the harlem hellfighters check it out man like such a cool story such an amazing unit and given the utter chaos that world war one was to accomplish what they did it was just insane like absolutely insane <laughs> yeah and, and so while you're talking about this it made me think of a, a point is that you're trying, as a, as a filmmaker, you're trying to tell this story that the world needs to hear, that the, the Americans need to hear. Right. And you and it, you fall flat on your face. Yeah, for sure, man. And that, that does, that does African-American people a huge injustice, uh, especially when you write a character like Sergeant Owens, who is just a shit sergeant. A bad leader. <laughs> a bad leader. Uh, yeah. So you're, you're saying, you know, that this is the best, like, I don't know, I... There are all these great stories out there, like like Tus- Tuskegee Airmen and and the Harlem Hellfighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, and, and maybe and I understand he probably can't find the rights uh, to to find like a, a real story, but this is this is what this is how you're gonna tell the story of racism in World War Two. I don't know. Right. That that seems like a disservice. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I almost wonder if, given the time in which it was made. Um, if you look at like current events and stuff that was popping off, I could be wrong in my timeline, but, um, maybe like the black lives matter movement was starting to take off Hmm, or at least gain publicity and stuff at the time. So maybe he felt like maybe it was an afterthought and he tacked on the racial aspect of it just to be, um, pertinent to, you know, current events or something. Well, in his other movies, you're right. It had nothing to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it was just it was a poorly done thing, and like you said, it's it's an important piece of history that often goes ignored. And yeah, you could have addressed it a lot better than they did. It's a shame. So Black Lives Matter started in 2013, and this movie was probably filmed in 2013 if it was released in mid 2014. So that's yeah, I think pretty justifiable theory. Yeah, I mean you know current events change movies pretty often. Um, the my mm-hmm. favorite story I like to tell with current events shaping movies is uh, Zero Dark Thirty. So that movie was originally supposed to be a criticism on the U.S. government as to why we haven't gotten Bin Laden. We've been spending all this money and this huge war effort and all this stuff. And then we got Bin Laden. And then we got Bin Laden while the movie was in post. Like, it was sent to editing, and we go and kill him. So that's why DevGrew, SEAL Team 6, is, like, so tacked on in that movie. Because they like, shit, and they have to go back and film all that and throw it in in a hurry. Because they're like, damn it, they actually got him. Yeah, yeah, and and the whole the whole plot of we're straying away from this movie, but the yeah. whole plot of finding the courier, like all that stuff, yeah, that wasn't a part of it yeah. because yeah, hilarious. Like you dude. said, it was supposed to be commentary on the government's abuse and blah 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 blah. But yeah, 
Current events, man. They change shit. Yeah. It's, See, it's and awesome. I, I so, think yeah. that is the perfect testament to how we collectively, as podcasters, feel about this movie. We'd much rather talk about other things than this yeah. film. <laughs> <laughs> Zero Dark Thirty is a great film, by the way. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But know. yeah, I, I got nothing more to say about this movie, man. Um I wouldn't burn it per se. <sighs> It's, I don't know. If I was having like a, no, I wouldn't even throw it in there. I was going to say, if I was having like a man weekend, I want to watch war movies, this might make it, but why would I throw this there's in no there? There's no action. Yeah, why would I throw this in there when there's so many better alternatives? There, so, yeah. Yeah. So no, Fury, I, man. Yeah, Crank Fury. up the surround sound and watch Fury. <laughs> yeah. And that shit will get you juiced. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't burn it though, because um, it wasn't bad enough to do that. It's just, eh, maybe banish it. Maybe I'll just get rid of it, so I have to. I can forget about it. If I can yeah. get the hour and a half back, that'd be great. <laughs> right, Chris. What, what about you, man? You gonna you gonna you gonna buy it? Uh, Feels like a buy for you. <laughs> oh yeah, I would totally <laughs> buy this movie. Like absolutely. No, not even a chance. But the thing is, this movie wasn't so bad that it pissed me off and it wasn't any it but and it wasn't worth watching i would put this movie in a small lockbox and stick it in the floorboards and hope that the family after i had moved out uh perhaps finds it and i don't know maybe it'll be more relevant 30 years from now i don't know man this movie was boring it was just it was there that's the best thing that i can say about this movie it was there yeah, it was a movie that was the and only one of the positives that i came it was a movie yeah. it was a bad movie mm-hmm. but it was, it a, was movie. a movie and so i don't even know what i would do with it i i guess i guess if we're going with the three options i would banish it i would banish it because it's just pointless you feel the exact same as you did starting it as you do at the end nothing changes nothing changes (laughs) at all you know it's not like and we keep going back to it but better world war ii movies like saving private ryan which again i'm not kidding i'm seriously gonna watch saving private ryan as soon as we're done recording this that movie it takes you through this journey and it's a it takes a toll on you. You're watching it on a TV screen and it takes such an emotional and mental toll on you that by the time it's done, you're thankful that the movie's ended, not because it's so bad and horrible to watch, but just because it's so exhausting to experience this along oh, I, with those I, characters. I tabs right out of Netflix and started playing games again. As soon yeah, as the credits this rolled. movie is just... <laughs> there it's yeah. there i, I don't yep. know what i would do with it if i had it in my hand as a cd i would just sort of sit it in the corner or i'd probably put it in a box that would end up in my closet and it would just sit there for years and years and years like it's there man like i can't i, I don't want to keep repeating myself but that's all i can say is yeah it's there it's a movie it happened it's a thing uh I don't know what else to say about it, but yeah, you know, it's a thing. Well, Jones, 
What about you, man? You buying it? Yeah. You're buying it. Nah, I ain't buying this shit. You're gonna watch this, and then Fury, and then this again. Nah, you're nah, gonna make nah. a, a Void R Fury sandwich. Ryan Little is not getting my money. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, so the rent thing again. We have Netflix, so yeah, we don't have to think about that. But I mean, I wouldn't buy. I wouldn't burn it. I wouldn't banish it. But I wouldn't buy it. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, it's just, I don't know, man. It was just, I, I I applaud anybody that goes out there and makes a movie because this shit is not hard. I mean, look at us. We we rip apart movies. And, and these movies that we're ripping apart are, it's probably the highlight of somebody's life. It's their <laughs> chance to once, oh, wow. to finally have a budget and make a movie. And Jesus. then like, that's it. They've peaked. And that sucks. Way to but, make me feel like shit. No, no, it's it's funny <laughs> that he brings that up because I've been thinking about this the past few episodes actually. So there's a documentary, I guess you could call it, with Jamie Kennedy called Heckler, and it talks specifically yeah, about that. that man. People that review things and just make the the creative people behind it feel absolutely terrible. Like in the documentary, Jamie Kennedy pulls up reviews of like his stand-up routines, and the reviewers like, mean. oh, Jamie Kennedy should kill himself and this and that. So Jamie Kennedy goes and confronts the reviewer, and he's like, why would you say that, man? Like, <laughs> And I just, you know, I don't think we're that mean. We're not asking anybody in this creative team to, um, you know, end their career no, we would never do that. But, uh, but yeah, I feel it's, bad it's for him. interesting you brought that up, because, yeah, this probably is the highlight of somebody's career. <laughs> and this is probably the most they'll do in their film career. And I'm somebody who wants to do this stuff. And someday that might be me. So one day, a group of people like us are going to shit on a movie that I've <laughs> Well, made. think of this. Ryan Little, who directed this movie, has 16 director wrote. credits. Yeah. Including all three Saints and Soldiers films. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all war films. He's got, like, mostly yeah. war films. Uh, oh, he no, no, no. also Age did... of Dragons. Hey, hey. Oh. He also did War Pigs. Is that another tank movie? I feel like that's another tank movie. I think it's a World War. It was World yeah, War it's, II. It's a World War Two movie that stars Luke Goss, Dolph wow. Lundgren, Chuck Liddell, Chuck Liddell, what? motherfucker, and Mickey Goddamn <laughs> Rourke. Oh my god, I want to watch shit, this. That's just an like Chuck Liddell overhand write somebody. I know, you know, right? He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope he. If he doesn't, it's a travesty. It's a crime against Dolph humanity. Lundgren, and Ryan Little Chuck should Liddell. be hung. Oh my god. Wow, I'm gonna see it. Yeah, this I want to. I'm more interested in that one. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? I mean, oh, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Just to kind of wrap things up. I I feel like this movie, honestly, this would have been a really good History Channel uh like short film, mm. like with with how it looked. If it was and, like a half hour, and if it had a, someone talking over it, you know, like one of those things where one it's of like the people that had actually the, been there. Yeah, the no, well, like a narrator. Like or, it was or okay, yeah, no, I got you. Like, like an in, actual historian. Yeah. Right. Right. So, and it's okay. just kind of like for visuals purposes. I think that's oh, what this would yeah. work perfectly as. Yeah. Yeah. yeah man, no, I, I, I mean, get what you're saying. You're right. That that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Like this, it's just it's missed opportunities. It's uneventful. It's poorly executed. It's. Just well, and you could you can take bad acting, mm -hmm. and you can take uh, low budget, terrible CG, and still have a an, a fun to watch movie. Right. And they didn't do that, and no. that's that's my yeah. Because even with this movie. like yeah, 
Right. Well, you don't need a big budget to make a movie that resonates with an audience. Yeah. Well, that's that's a like a two-hour discussion I'll have with you. Well, no, I know, yeah, I know, but but I mean, <laughs> you know, well, movies not, with let's... less of a budget than this one had still were able to connect with audiences better than this movie. Yeah. Paranormal Activity, bro. They had like yeah, fourteen no yeah. budget, fourteen thousand dollars. Yeah, and they killed it with that. Clerks. Yeah. Clerks. So loves me. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of rewinding a bit, but I, I totally wanted to mention this because this is this to me sums up this movie is when they show the the POW camp, like the American POWs, and they do this big build-up, right? Like the tanks sitting outside You mean the when they all had jackets and shit? Yeah, getting ready to blow up the guard tower, and they're going to storm and liberate this camp. They don't even show the liberation, man. They fire a shot, blow the tower up, and next thing you know, fast forward, and everyone's free and getting on a truck and going home. And it just... Yep. They missed all the... They missed all the substance that should have so been so much there. action. Yeah. yeah. Like, the and liberation of the camp tank. could have been a 10, 15 minute long sequence, and it would have been awesome. That was that was a CG tank. I didn't understand that. They have yeah. actual Hellcats in the movie. They have them yeah. to use, and they used a CG tank in the opening. Your your first shot of your tank in a tank <laughs> movie, and it's, it's made in Blender. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. So, long story short, or short story long, however you want to word it, go watch Fury. Culture lusters, just go watch Fury. Don't even waste your time. I'm sure you've already seen this because you guys watch it with us and then you listen in our commentary. But go and watch Fury tonight. Just save yourself. Yeah, cleanse the palate. Make yourself feel. Yeah, cleanse the palate. Or saving Private Ryan. Yeah, but yeah. All right, Chris, you you got the next movie? I do, I do, and I will say this one has my oh god giblets a quivering. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Just what you got? What just, is it? Just yeah, just go with it. <laughs> Out for a last fling, two Vietnam-bound brothers crash their jeep and wind up in trouble in this gory flick that recounts the genesis of Leatherface. Oh yes, my friends! Oh, oh yes, Jesus. fellow oh, culture God. lusters! It is 2006's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning, starring Jordana Brewster. <laughs> Taylor Handley, Dora Baird, Matt Bomer, Arlie Ermey, and Andrew Bjarnarski. I am so it happy. Matter. I don't know. No, I Are am, you crying? I am. I am. I am tearing up. I'm tearing up. I've seen this movie, by the way. As everybody out there knows, I am a huge slasher movie horror horror right. fan. Uh, Friday the 13th is easily my favorite pop culture phenomenon ever so so i got a texas question. chainsaw massacre oh yes. yeah I got a cl- so the 2003 one was actually pretty good i enjoyed it it's a remake um is this the prequel to that hell if i know i don't know it seems like it's, it's we'll got the same out. actors the same guy plays it is, leatherface yes, yes and it's got arlie mm-hmm. ermy Ar- yeah he was in because yeah, was because i the one yeah. because i actually know the answer without looking it up because i'm a yeah. I think this is the prequel Just to it. Leave me alone. Yes. Basically it is. And it's, I mean Jordana Brewster. Oh. She's you know, she's a big time actress. Oh, yeah. And um Dior, oh, calm Dior, down, dude. Dior Baird, I think is how you say her name. She's um she's not bad not to look at. Small. I'm just saying. And Matt so. Bomer again, he's been in some stuff. Andrew Bjarnarski. Uh a great 
stuntman slash actor fantastic I got it, dude. in a lot of the stuff that he's done. When I think of slasher flicks, like, and I've seen quite a few of them. I'm just not a fanboy like you, but I've seen them. Um, the 2003 Chainsaw Massacre, when he rips the door open and drags oh, the boyfriend in, like, yeah. that was good, man. Like, that was, uh, yeah. that's stuck in my head as one of the, like, when I think of a slasher flick, I think of that scene. I love that so, movie. And this is the same it. leather face, so mm-hmm. I'm hopeful. Mm-hmm. It's only 5.9 on IMD. We'll, we'll see. But it's higher than this one. That's true. <laughs> So, all right, so, so there you go, listeners. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, will be uh, episode 14. That's how, too bad it wasn't episode 13. That would have been fitting. <laughs> but yeah, so episode 14 next now, week. One of these days, I'm going to make you guys watch Friday the 13th flick. Meh. Meh. Don't meh, meh me. Meh. I will come out east. <laughs> I will punch you in the throat. Wow. For uh, Culture Lust and the crew, we got Jones and Chris and James. I still don't have a cool nickname. Um, but yeah, appreciate you guys checking in, listening in. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Make sure you check out our uh, website, 7 Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Patreon, of course, like if you, if you want to support us more than just sending good thoughts our way, you know, we like comments and criticism and, you know, suggestions even hit us up on Patreon slash seven nerdy sins. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week, man. Have a good one.